So, are, we, are you calm enough to do this or not? Oh, only just. I've never seen you so angry, and you've only been to a Baptist retreat. <laughs> so, a deep breath. And then my mum fell over. So, she's, she's, I mean, she does fall oh. over all the time. I mean, I've lost count of the number of times I've gone up 2.30 in the morning to oh, pick her up mate. off the floor. But, yeah, she, she's, well, she's 93. She's entitled yeah. to do that sort of thing. If this yeah. is her new pastime, she's doing it rather well, because she's, she's not breaking anything. She's just falling over a bit. Ah, oh, she's great. Anyway... I just want to say thank you. Thank you what? for sharing your Valentine's Day with me. It's good to see you're not taking Claire out or anything silly like that. Well, no, because you sh- you you share it with the great romance of your life, don't you? Oh, exactly. Really? <laughs> That's you and me, mate. It's like Great Back Mountain here, I tell I you. It's, it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Rachel, Rachel hasn't even bothered to stay with me this week. No, <laughs> she's uh, she's up at Scargill. Well, you've spoken oh, there yeah. a lot, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I love Scargill. Yeah, it's yeah, beautiful. She's, yeah, she's, we should do a northern midfaith crisis. We up there. should, if only anyone would ever have us. Mm. That would be great. Anyway, as it well, is, actually, I mean, and I think we've referred to this before. I don't see it as Valentine's Day. I see it as Friendship Day. Much more inclusive. But I did think. I'd read you an erotic poem. (laughs) Good. You don't have to put this in a podcast. No, no, no. This this is 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 going in. This This is is... by my new favourite poet, Brian Bilston. Oh, okay. Okay, (laughs) This is called You Are a Map. Okay. Okay. Ready? In bed, my fingers trace your contours, caress the lines from coastal margins, slide along secluded pathways and linger in hidden beauty spots before a gentle incline leads them to the peaks of two majestic hillocks, separated by a narrow ravine, which I follow down, down, until Scrubland arrives as a surprise and gives way to enchanting forest. I prepare to plunge into the interior, but then I'm told to turn off the light, and so I carefully fold my scale 1 to 25,000 <laughs> Ordnance Survey OL4 map of the Lake District Northwestern area, including Keswick, Cockermouth and Wigton, before placing it back in my bedside drawer, alongside my pipe, nail clippers and loose change. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, when I read that oh, That's wonderful. Friend. I can't honestly say that a lot of my laughter is just relief. I'll be honest. <laughs> Has described your life. <laughs> no, because it was just going. It was, it was just going in a very uncomfortable direction. I have to say. <laughs> right, let's start, shall we? Shall we? Welcome, everybody, to episode sixty-one. Of yes. uh, the Mid Faith Crisis podcast, and welcome, uh, lovely friends. Uh, welcome, lovely friends. Here on the day of Valentine, Indeed. we're recording. We're, rec- well, we're, we're recording this on that day. We won't go out on that day, obviously. No, obviously. So, uh, yes. Um, have you been apart from you know, stressed <laughs> and apart from stressed, angry. stressed, angry? No, no, that's about normal, isn't it? I've seen mm. some wonderful films. Have you? So, oh, really good. Uh, I I went to see. Um, Can you ever forgive me? You have to see that if you haven't. With Richard E. Okay, Grant, Richard E. Grant, Melissa yeah. McCarthy, just wonderful. And I saw the Upside um, yesterday, 
with Brian Cranston and Kevin Hart. But they uh, it's a remake of The Untouchables, which was a brilliant movie. So, so first up, this is not as good as the original, but it's an exact duplicate. They haven't changed anything except the actors. But was that the Sean Connery one? No, that's The Untouchables. This is The Intouchables. Different oh. movie. And it's well, it's this fantastic story about a paralysed uh, man. Oh yeah, and yeah, yeah. that's the French just, movie. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, just wonderful. Yeah. Anyway, so there you are. Go see that. I okay. highly recommend those two films. I have seen a couple of others as well. But okay, not as oh, good. Great. Now, how about you? Uh, yeah, very, very busy. I've been writing an article on sin. That's good. Yes, and therefore there's been quite a lot of research. Obviously. Well, I was going to say, you can draw an extensive experience for yes, that. Yes, indeed. I've, Very I've, well qualified. Uh, so I'm, I'm doing an article for Christianity magazine on um, how to stop sinning. Are you? Using yeah, because I, I it's about uh, using psychology habit and things like that, oh, psychological right. tools and practices to sort of get better as a person. And I think it's going to annoy, it's going to cause a lot of people to sin. I think it's going to immediately yeah. make a lot of people very angry, uh, and and that that's good, isn't it? That'll help them confront <laughs> that. that. It's good. Well done. But it's such a vast subject. I, I shouldn't really have taken it on in such a short amount of time. But I think it'd be <laughs> okay. I think it'd be interesting. But yeah. and have and other than that, have you been practicing unhappiness? Oh man, since... I, yeah. How I've been really since the last episode. I have been doing a lot of the spiritual disciplines of unhappiness. I've been uh, concentrating on overworking and not sleeping very well. That's that's done. good. Well done. Has that worked? That's been tremendously good. <laughs> and uh, you know, just um, that catastrophizing thing about about the car and everything. That's Excellent. been good. Good. Um, I did slip at one point because actually the car had a had a puncture. We were going to a wedding, right? Yeah. And the car had yeah. something wrong with the tire, and I had to go and take it in, in urgently. And, and in fact, it could be fixed. And on the way, I'm afraid that rather than giving in for the whole spiritual discipline of um, uh, of really moaning and you know anxiety, yeah. I did yeah. try and go the other way and th- be thankful that I did in fact have a car and I did have the money to oh, pay you for idiot. the repair. That's I know. Not I know. Help. I feel bad about that. Oh, come on. But anyway, you tell me how you've been doing, and then I'll, I'm gonna, I've got an envelope to share oh, with no, you. I'm excited about yeah, the envelope. Yeah, you are, aren't you? I love this. Um, no, well, I, I, I think predominantly I've been practising that habit of uh, eating really carefully five days a week, Monday to Friday, and then mm. absolutely destroying any progress at the weekends. Uh, oh, bin- binging. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's well, yeah. It's great tremendous on a, on a um, Monday morning. Uh, I can really feel unhappy yes. then, so that's good. Yeah, that's great. Very well. Good. Look, when we were planning this uh, <laughs> uh, podcast, because we have the we have pre sort of calls where again talk, people won't planning. believe they're planned. But I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> I made the mistake of taking your Skype call in the same yeah. room where my wife was sitting. I know. <laughs> And uh, when she heard wonderful. that we were going to share, we thought we might share what spiritual disciplines of unhappiness we've been doing. She she volunteered yes. to write down all that I'd been doing and put them in yes. a sealed envelope and I would yes. have to open them live on air. Yes. So here it is. This is <laughs> that, the, the, I'll show I can you. confirm, this, this, this listeners, is... that there is a sealed envelope right. in Nick's hand. And it's it's rather... There's a lot of it. It's I've quite thick. Okay, here we go. Here, here, oh, it's it's a notebook. <laughs> oh, great. Okay, Nick Page's spiritual discipline of unhappiness, as recorded by his wife. I start the day listening to the atonal chant of world news and Brexit domine. <laughs> 
So that's right. Yeah, that's good, isn't it? Start the that's good. Yeah, so, yeah. Setting off to work, I do my daily devotion of road rage, or at least lane irritation. It's a psalm of lament, uh, of uh, really about parents dropping off their children, school buses in the way, etc., etc. Yeah, I do that. Yeah. Good. Yeah. As I drive, I tune into the worrying sounds of the car engine, exhaust, left rear tyre. I can just hear the pounds fleeing away from my bank account. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord, it goes on for pages and pages. Hang on a minute. Look. There's three pages of it. It's an essay. You could do a (laughs) multi-episode series on this. Uh, Anyway, look, I'll, I'll I'll have to just give you the highlights here. Okay, at work most morning, there's the opportunity to give thanks for unwelcome feedback. Yeah, that's good. Once Mm. a week, there's the ritual humiliation or indeed flagellation of being beaten at squash. Yes, I lost again this morning. Did you? Yeah. Well, you're not very good. (laughs) In the evening, I practice solitude and refrain from interacting with other people in order to avoid being polluted by the world. Uh, what else have we got? By morning, I'm exhausted. It's time to grab some rest and avoid the ministry of making tea and other acts of service for my wife. <laughs> I think that's a bit bitter, that one. <laughs> well done, Claire. Hats uh, off. That's great. Oh, she said, finally, finally, what the discipline of ha- <laughs> un- unhappiness is this, is the discipline of producing this podcast and mortifying the flesh by working with Joe each week. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I liked you up till that one. Well, that was very helpful. It's always yes. good to be married to someone who's going to write three pages of um, <laughs> feedback, basic critique of your entire yeah. life. <laughs> okay, shall we move on? Yes, let's do that quickly. Yeah. Okay, some emails. Okay, for so uh, uh, Tim who says things that make me unhappy. One, believe everything negative your boss says about you in a review, even though you know ninety percent of it is absolute rubbish. Oh, yeah. Make sure the review is just before you go on holiday, and then spend the <laughs> next two weeks anxious about it. Yeah, <laughs> That's good. Yeah. That's good. And two, never drink tea from a, a teapot with your favourite mug given to you by someone who loves you to bits. <laughs> Oh, that's okay, nice. that's nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Mark says get an addiction and don't tell anyone. A process addiction is ideal and it's easy to hide. Sam says if you're part of a church, say yes to every request and volunteer for every rotor or opportunity to serve that is available. Ensure that you never have any free time for such frivolity as chatting with friends or just being in church. This is obviously what the Bible means when it instructs us to offer our bodies as living sacrifices. <laughs> Clearly, this is the only way that will be holy and pleasing to God. Yeah, And then Martin and Jane say rather irritatingly, our top tip for being unhappy is to stay in the UK and not go to New Zealand for a month in the winter. Some pictures uh, just to make you even more jealous, which it oh, did. Lord. Yeah, well, no. That, no, thanks, Martin and Jane, because that's obviously a tip for unhappiness is to look at pictures of people yes. who've gone to other nicer yeah. places. Yes, exactly. Terrific, thanks. Thanks. For, okay, uh, uh, Helen wrote in with a few. Thanks, Helen. Uh, great to hear from you again. Uh, when yeah. having... Uh, a slightly better day than normal. Tell yourself this is too good to last. It won't last. And then you'll feel even worse when you go down again. Spend the whole time dreading going down. Mm. She says, turn everything negative. If someone says you're looking really good today, turn it into you looked really awful the last time I saw you. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. Yes. Yeah. Yes. These are good. Thank you. I hadn't these thought of these. 
Make a list of everything you think you should do. Then look at it and feel overwhelmed. Decide you can't do it all, therefore there's no point in doing any of it. There's some wisdom to hear. Eat chocolate and pizza, then beat yourself up for being fat. Waste lots of time doing nothing. Uh, some of our suggestions there. Tell yourself that God is a cosmic vivisectionist and is experimenting oh, on you. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Tell yourself that you are unique. No one else in the whole world has ever felt like this, so no one will understand, so there's no point in talking to anyone about it. Yeah. <laughs> Concentrate solely on how bad you feel. Ignore everything else. I think that's some very powerful well, ones in there, actually. There's some good ones there. Yeah. And then on to Nick, who who says this. Uh, I, I can't remember whether this is Nick. One, two, three, or four, or indeed five or six. But he says this. Uh, Hi, Joe. Still really enjoying the podcast. Still wondering, though, if there's room for an episode discussing what conversion means. Yeah, we'll get on to that. Um, but he says also still really curious about the links between mid-faith crisis and depression. A sensitive subject, but I've spoken to a number of people who seem to have struggled with both. Mm. All the best to you and Nick. So yeah, well, I th- is there a link? Well, I think this is really what I mean. In a sense, what Helen's email was all about. That's yeah, why that has exactly. that sort of underlined because it was really sort of classic depression sort of yeah. behaviour. The mm. sense that you're unique. The sense no one else feels like this. Yeah. Um, and I think that's very true of the mid faith crisis. I mean, we part of the reason we set up this podcast was because we just felt that there were a lot of people out there who were feeling they were the only ones who's who are going through yeah, this. They're the exactly they're right. the only ones who's standing in the congregation going, What? Yeah, what what yeah. is all this? You know. Yeah. Um and it feels like the Empress New Clothes because you think no one else can see this. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. feeling like this is ridiculous and I've got to say something, but I don't know whether Yeah, I, I mean I'm I'm not an, an an expert on this, but I think that both you and I've had sort of various experiences of um, yeah, yeah, uh, depression and things like that. Um, I I've been thinking a lot about it recently because I think so much of depression is linked with loss. Yeah, seems to be that's the root of it, um, and that is a strong link with with mid faith crisis. I think because you have lost. Mm. Your uh, uh, something that once was very precious to you. Once you were yeah. full of joy. And you yeah. were, you know, jumping around the church singing yeah. Jubilati and I'm Forgiven. Exactly. And you, yeah. you were chief, chief chief trombone player in the worship band. You know. <laughs> chief banjo player. Yeah, yeah. You were an anointed banjo player uh, and tambourine specialist. And, um, and, now, and now you've lost it. And, yeah. and that is a very painful thing. And I think that a lot of depression is linked yeah. with loss. Yeah, it with, is. At certain points in your life, and there's no reason I think why a kind of spiritual loss shouldn't shouldn't be uh, part of that as well. So, do you think that some degree of depression is almost inevitable? I mean, I'm not saying depression as in you know a massive diagnosed episode necessarily, but like depression, you know, in its lightest form, yeah, is surely yeah. in- inevitable in some way. Isn't it? Well, it, well, it seems to me this is this was that kind of thing was very much what the uh, mystics were talking about when they talk about the dark night of the soul. Mm. You know, when you read their experiences, that sense of abandonment, that sense of dryness, that sense of uh, you know plodding on and thinking this is never going to change and being you know completely isolated. That's a very kind of that's very yeah. close to the language that people use of uh, of depression. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and and yeah, I think it's just that that that. So I'm not sure it's in. I I, I think some level actually of cognitive dissonance, some level of mental yeah. confusion is going to be there. 
because yeah. at some point you're going to be stuck in a in a in a place where you're wearing a mask where you're not you don't yeah. feel you're free to be truly who you who you are mm. and that's going to cause you some sort of mental mm. problems i think really but um, yeah exactly right but i i do think it is a necessary uh, part of faith I, I i genuinely do i think if a faith is to grow and mature of course it does feel like you're losing your faith yeah. And in a sense, you are, but you're losing it in order to find it. Do you know there's that quote, and dare I say it, Richard Raw to you? You uh, dare, you yeah, dare. He says, he says all true spirituality is about letting go. That's an interesting, that's a bold old statement, isn't it, really? Yes. But I think the more I think on it, it does it does resonate. Not least, of course, in your, in your sort of younger years, you know, 20s and everything, is the sort of, generally speaking, I know there are exceptions to this, but the ego is in full flow, isn't it? The personality yeah. you've created for yourself, consciously or subconsciously, most probably, you know, is 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 doing what it's meant to do. It's functioning and trying to give you the love you need and the significance you need and all the rest of it. Um, it may be working, in which case it's harder to let go. But I think part of what happens around midlife, and this is why it's linked to mid faith is this is this this isn't you know yeah. this isn't working for me it's not all holding together and then and the perhaps the faith journey is the catalyst for for um for really reflecting on on on, on what's what's your story what's been going on what's the cover up yeah how do i how who am i really and you know i think you know my answer to that in the early i'm a christian I'm a shiny, happy Christian. Hmm. Look, see my badge. See my tambourine. Um, <laughs> see my shiny head. <laughs> see my shiny head. <laughs> exactly. And and so to lose that tag yeah, yeah. would be very scary. It's part of your identity. Yeah. Absolutely. I think there's a couple of things here. Uh, one is, interestingly, the German word, I think this is true, the German word for serenity is Gelassenheit which means ha really having let go. That's what it means. Wow. Uh, so, I mean, I think that ties in with old Fluffy's quote that you said yeah. uh, earlier. <laughs> old Fluffy as he's now known. But the other thing about the story thing is that you, you that's thats exactly, I'm sure we've talked about this before, about, you know, that I, when I, uh, I think that the, when you look at the shape of, of stories, they often form four patterns, mm. the call, rise, what I call yeah. call, rise, fall, surprise. You know, the, yeah. the call, the heroes called into action. They rise, yeah. they meet the challenges and they rise up through various yeah. things. They seem to be, every, yeah. everything seems to be going well. And then the fall and the yeah. collapse into the darkness. And it, it seems like everything's lost. Yeah. And then the surprise, the twist, the yeah. twist at the end. And I, 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 it's the fall which reveals the true identity. It's yes. the fall which which actually does yeah. that. What you were just talking about, which mm. which strips away what you thought was you, yeah. Uh, what you thought was your main bits of identity, you, um, be that your sort of job. Sometimes it can be people's, you know, people's yeah. that kind of stuff, or it can be their 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 position in a church or their their status of various things, or yeah. just their conception of themselves as someone who can cope. Even I suppose. Yeah. Um, but hopefully, that's why I think it is so important. You're right; is that that it, it reveals who you truly are in, in in that moment, really. So I think that loss is absolutely key. If loss is linked to depression, and I think it it, it often is, and loss is certainly linked to the mid faith crisis. Yeah. Yeah. What I what I think I'd like to say to that is that it's okay. You know, it, you in a way you have lost that stuff, but you haven't lost it. You have lost mm. 
you've lost your earlier expression of your faith. Yeah. You know, that's gone. But you haven't entirely lost it. It still yeah. means something. It's still, it's still part of your history. It's still part of your history, and it still led you to where you are today. And I think when you come through it the other side, you can sort of embrace that yeah. a bit more. Um, I think you go through a period, I don't know how it is for you, but you go through a period when you reject all of that. Yeah. And then you sort of come back around and you can see it, and you often talk about this in stages of faith, but you yeah. can see it from a different perspective, yeah, from a different absolutely. direction, and absolutely. you can see the good in it. Yeah. You can see, you, you know, that, that, it, that, it, yeah. that it, it led you to this, this place. Really. I mean, exactly right. Because for a while, all you see is, all, all you feel is sort of anger and frustration. You know, and, and you're not really sure whether you're angry with yourself or the church or the pastor or whoever it happens to be. Um, most of the time, it probably is the church. So, so you know, it, it's the church's fault. It's the minister's fault. It's the, you know, no, why, are the, why are they still persisting with this, you know, very dogmatic, literalistic approach? I'm starting to open up to new ways of seeing the Bible as beyond just literal, but metaphorical as well. And you know, may, maybe you start thinking, well, perhaps the Bible wasn't just described by God. Maybe it was a human response to God. So, you know, all those kind of questions are going on and you get angry at those that aren't seeing what you're seeing. But, you know, what I want to say is the anger and the cynicism and all that stuff, you've got to pass through that door, I think. But, but staying there is not good for your mental health. You know, that that's not going to... And and the only way it seems to me through that is, um, well, I'm, I'm just going to say, the only quote that I have up on my wall, and I love quotes, as you know, but the only one I have up is the best criticism of the bad is the practice of the better. And I know I've said this before, but it just strikes me that once, you, once you're done, um, you know, punching the walls and, you know, slaying the church and doing all that sort of stuff, it's time to take responsibility again. You know, your pastor is not responsible for your spiritual life, nor is the worship leader, nor is the home group leader. No, no you are now responsible for following Jesus. And, um, and you know, I think abstract, you know, doctrines or theology of or worship of Jesus does become less interesting for a little while. But the actual following of Jesus is what you realise you need to do and you need help. Mm. So... Take responsibility for it. And I, and I suppose, you know, when, if and when we are going to finish this podcast, I want to finish with this challenge to people, really, which is take responsibility for how you, you, you know, for your journey and, and, and meet with people. Mm. Just start meeting with people and, and create a safe place where you mm. can explore the questions that you have. Because just thumping the walls and getting angry ultimately is a necessary stage but doesn't get you very far i think once you've once you've done that for long enough you know maybe a year or two maximum i would say now's the time to start rebuilding and and you can rebuild and you know we're trying to do that down here in worthing in our own humble little way maybe that's another way in which uh, you know because the question was about the links between mid-faith crisis yeah. and depression and i mean obviously a key thing in depression is to seek help and yeah. to and to open up and to talk to other people, just talk yeah. about it, yeah. and and Absolutely. you know not to hide it away, um, and the same thing I think is 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 true uh, of people's questions about faith. I think the other thing I'd say about what you said just now, which was very helpful, is that I don't think it's like um, it's a journey that you keep on have to do. I think mm. I've been quite surprised in myself recently in that. Um, 
you know, I, I, I've, did, I, as listeners, as the, the odd listener will know, because I know we've only got about ten, and half of those mm. are normally making a cup of tea during it. So you know, exactly. But I have been, I've been writing this book on the Bible, on how we read mm. the Bible, what it is, mm. and how we read it. Yeah. And it was a real massive struggle for me. So it's been probably the hardest book I've ever uh, written in terms of you know, there's there's mm. just the process of it. Right. And you you were just describing that you know about how when you in, you've moved to a more quote unquote liberal place you know mm. and uh, yeah. and then you get angry at people who haven't moved that yeah. way yeah what was really interesting was I sent off the sort of first draft to the editors who were great and I was saying look you, you know you're going to have to help me here because like, this is not right and I need some help in terms of yeah. remodeling this and and um, and they were great. And one of the things they were saying to me is, look, you, you know, you, you've got to take people with you. You're coming over a bit strident. Mm. When the book came back to me and I, looked, I reread my manuscript, I was really shocked at how angry I was in it. It was really... Oh, really? That's uh, interesting. It was quite striking to me that I'd written... I've written mm. this stuff that was really nasty <laughs> to people. Uh, interesting. You know? Yeah, it's and so I, yeah. And so I had to kind of... Yeah. You know, I was mocking them. It was be, it was basically, it, it, yeah, it, yeah. it wasn't attempting to take anybody with me. It was an attempt to just yeah. sort of knock them down. Knock it down. Yeah. And I, I kind of aware, I kind of became aware that I think, you know, I had to go through that journey. I had to get rid of that anger, and had to get rid of that mm. frustration. And maybe that had been years of of building up. But yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. You had, I was, so I think that those, those, the other thing about depression is that it. it it stays with you really quite a long time. Mm. You know, I mean, it's nobody's ever really entirely clear of it, and you sort of recognise the signs of it, and yeah. and you have to be, I think, merciful with yourself, and just um, recognise that there were going to be times when you you go back around that circle. Yeah, well, that's why I said, you know, sometimes you're not sure whether you're angry with the church or really angry with yourself, and I, I, I think you know, anger and loss. It's sort of bedfellows in yeah. depression, aren't they? But um, but part of that, you know, recovering equilibrium is real self-compassion. Mm. I mean, losing the anger at yourself. Mm. You're not weird. You're not cranky. You're not... You, there's nothing wrong with you. Mm. You're a normal, healthy, functioning human being with feelings and, you know, all that stuff going on. And it's okay to have those things. And then you practice that self-compassion. And suddenly you you find that you're not so angry about other people who are just really trying to do their best to get through life, but mm. are not at the place quite yet that you are at. Yeah, so, I mean, it was interesting for me. I kind of had to go through that with this book. And, you know, I, I, I realised that... Um, Actually, I, I I didn't care really in the end of the day. I think I, I you know I don't think by biblical literalism is a good way of reading the Bible. I don't think it's particularly helpful. But ultimately, I don't mind. I don't mind mm. how people want to read the Bible as long as they encounter God yeah, through exactly. it, and as long as they're it's taking them in a Christ-like direction. Yeah. Um, I don't think I have to be angry at them. I don't think I have to be uh, annoyed at people who are a different stage or a different place. Yeah. Um. And I think that's probably a journey that I'm going to have to keep doing for the rest of my life is to sort of, you know, to, to, yeah. to yeah, deal with that. Yeah, it probably is cyclical. Yeah, 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 for sure. But that's 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 the mystery and the wonder. And I'm sure we'll have an episode on the Bible, you know, when the book's coming out. But, you know, ultimately, regardless of how you see the inspiration, how it was written and why it was written and who put it together and blah, 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 and you deconstructed the whole lot, somehow it fundamentally remains sacramental. Fundamentally. 
uh, you can encounter something beyond its words and its pages. I, and most of what we do as Christians mm. and most of the tools that we use and the expressions that we have and the, the, mm. the, the, the signs and the symbols are flawed in some way or other. You know, they're not perfect yeah. in any way. They're, they're constructs yeah. in order to do something. And yet by the grace of God, he yeah. steps in. He shows yeah. up. And and exactly. I think that's yeah. that's it. And yeah. and so that could you know it, it, you you do want to kind of you do you do have to remember that everybody's at a different stage. Everybody's got all these different things, um, and and you just have to keep um, keep looking for the, keep moving in in the Christward direction. Really, I think. Yeah. But um, anyway, we should wrap up. But we've got a final email. I think which oh, yeah, sort yeah, of um, talks a bit about this journey as well. Yeah, he said. Yeah, Tim said this. He said last week I finally realised it was okay to be a liberal Christian. Liberal in. Uh, italics importantly i hate the word liberal it has so many negative connotations throughout my christian life i've been embarrassed by the things i felt i needed to believe and the way i've had to be in church and other places the idea of sharing my faith was an anathema i now feel like i'd be happy to talk to someone about my faith and to suggest that it's a wonderful way to live life i'm loved by god who is everywhere and in everything i look at jesus in a deeper and different light i accept some things by faith but hey that's okay I know that my foundations are love and divine joy. When blank happens and I feel like crap, I can get through because of all this. And I think that's wonderful. There's someone who's moving yeah. through the other side. And, yeah. and, and that would certainly echo my own experiences. So thank you, Tim, for uh, writing that and bringing it in. And I wrote to him and said, uh, I sent him a link to um, the Martin Joseph chat, which I encourage you to put a link on our website for. I'm a liberal backslider. Do you know that song? No. no. Oh, that's one of my favourite songs. It I just... haven't listened to him since the days he was making dolphins cry or whatever it was. Exactly. I can't remember what it was. Something like that. <laughs> this is a this is a joyous song, and it would you get in your head, and you'll be singing it all day. I'm a liberal Fantastic. backslider. Yeah. You want to? I mean, to I, that, I, Tim, I really love that email, and I think that yeah. second paragraph is wonderful. Is, it's really yeah. what it's really what evangelism in is in the second in the the second half of faith, you know. After that, it's just to talk about my faith and suggest that it's a wonderful way to live life. Absolutely, I think that's what God I is do. everywhere and in everything. Thanks, yeah, Tim. Yeah. So, so um, let's move forward into the week and uh, carry on practicing the spiritual disciplines of deep unhappiness and cynicism. And no, let's not bother. Actually, let's no, let's let's, let's scrap those. Let's give that rest. Let's yeah, they're not working for me. I just got. I'll get another three pages of notes from the wife, so I can't go through that again. Um, <laughs> anyway, we should wrap up. Um, I yeah. hope you all have a, a good week. Uh, thank you for uh, joining us. Yeah, and, uh, thanks. Thanks so much for listening. And if you are really struggling, I mean, we make light of it the whole time because we learn. You know, we're laughing at ourselves, not other people. Genuinely, well, occasionally it's other people, but mostly ourselves. And and if you're in in the deep, you know, struggling with mid faith crisis, we want to offer you the hope. There is a way through this, um, mm. and and out the other side. But it, it is kind of cyclical. And uh, thank you for coming with us for the journey. And please feel free to write into Joe. Uh, midfaithcrisis.org love to hear from you yeah thank you very much we'll see you soon see you soon hey Nick I love you man yeah enough of that thank you enough of that.